4: In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough... Think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now.
1: Ta-da! Here it is. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller and David Gascon as we are here to enlighten you on this Non-football weekend, no NFL. Well, I don't consider the Pro Bowl. I've been to the Pro Bowl, kind of, years ago. I don't consider the Pro Bowl an actual NFL event. So there will be no Benny versus the Penny podcast. But you do have this standby grab-ass podcast because four hours, five days a week, is not enough of the Ben Maller brand, if you want to call that. A brand, Uh, but we are in the air everywhere. The vast power of iHeart, the global reach of podcasting. Now, this podcast is heard weekly on the iHeart Podcast Network, which you probably already figured that out because you're listening to it. But tell your friends, tell your friends, want to up the numbers here in 2020. It's still early in the year, obviously, so want to see these podcast numbers go up and maybe we'll actually get some money. Um, of course, me, not David Gascon, who is right over there, unfortunately, back again. We, we thought you would be gone, but you've survived another week.
6: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I will say in all of this, with the fifth out with Ben Maller, that Um, I welcome you into the studio this entire week because I'll tell you what, not only do we have sportscasters, producers, editors here at Fox Sports Radio but we got some amazing politicians and we got some knowledgeable attorneys throughout as we are we're underway in the impeachment here in 2020 so we got road scholars in here it's a, it's a delight to tell you this much ben it is a lot of fun to see um all the intellectuals that are throughout this building so loud and proud here we are you're yeah.
1: In, you're enjoying this. You're, you're, you're feasting on all of this.
6: Yeah, I, I think it's yeah. I think it's entertainment. I think it's good. Um, we so you like the
1: parlor game. David Gascon enjoys the parlor game of the uh, impeachment. I, I I've watched some of it, but eh, small doses.
6: Or well, earlier in the week, I
1: can only handle blow blowhard so much. Yeah, but uh,
6: look at the industry we're in.
1: Like I said, I can only handle the blowhard so much. I don't hang out with these people. Oh, well, we I gotta, don't. Well, it,
6: it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. Turn, you, turn your damn phone off. Turn your my, phone my off, please. On. Put it on silent. You my can't be interrupted. I gave you an entire hour to sleep, and now you're interrupting this podcast well, with your technically
1: stupid phone. You were 15 minutes late to the podcast, and so you will be deducted <laughs> from your pay. You will be deducted for 15 minutes what is of that a, tardiness.
6: Is, is that a demerit? Is that what that is? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that you're a bad influence? Like people are sending me angry messages from the Bible Belt. I know that you're getting me to curse, and they do not like to hear. I'm like Leave it to Beaver. Wait, I don't uh, curse, but I, you've gotten me to curse on this fucking podcast, and people are upset by that. yes. I, I don't,
6: I don't tell you to curse, and it's understandable that some people don't want you to use foul language because they have kids, they have wives. That it's, it's not a, it's not a, a bar. Oh, come on, kids curse more than anybody. Of course, but I
1: learned all these. words words when i was a kid but
6: they don't do it around their parents
1: i understand the last
6: thing they need is you or i to be a bad influence on them so can you can you curb the the cussing a little bit please you curse if
1: you do a side by like a venn diagram yeah you curse much more than i curse yeah but
6: it's usually at you
1: well, yeah, which is uncalled for, unnecessary, and dumb.
6: But it's not on air. It's not on a podcast. It's not on a national radio. It's not on air. What do you? What do you? Are we, hello, is this thing on? Well, I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. I guess it just depends on the uh, time of day, right? I mean, your loyal enthusiasts and blowhards aren't really downloading as much as they should, apparently. But it's well, all I good.
1: Know. I mean, the numbers are uh, where they. I guess they're supposed to be. I just think they should be higher. I think that. I do too. Be, but you know, working with you is a liability. Speaking and of which, that. you have to overcome a liability.
6: iHeart uh, iHeart Media did their 2019 podcast awards just recently, and yeah. uh, I'm proud to say that you were not among the uh, elected uh, podcasts. And there's a reason for that. And uh, well, the reason is you. Well, Look in the
1: mirror, and you will see why uh, that uh, that we cannot be accepted by the mainstream with David Gascon. Uh, That's the reality. But I don't really want to win awards because my whole reputation has been that I am the people's champ. I don't need to be some uh, Fugazi award show. They have these award shows. I have friends of mine that go to these luncheons, and they get awards. And it looks like just the most horrible afternoon you could possibly spend hanging around with a bunch of gas bags who are all so full of themselves, how great they are, patting each other on the back, taking bows. Who wants to take part in something like that?
6: Well, I think for the purposes of, of professional acknowledgement... Uh, maybe a, a company bonus, uh, maybe an advancement in the career. I think. Well, those if you
1: things... can show me where in that contract I get a bonus if I win an iHeart Podcast Award, then I will be motivated and I will uh, lick the toes of who I need to lick to win the award.
6: Well, I, as you did mention, it's all about enlightenment. It's all about making people aware. And when you make people aware, advertisers come, sponsors come, new friends come Ooh, along, right? and uh, and yeah. I won't have to be doing such uh, so much of the heavy lifting. for for us to to market outside of this building here, so yeah. um, I can only do so much. I, I can only bring you to the water. I can't force you to drink it, Ben Maller. Yeah, you,
1: you um, know you are. I'm LeBron James. You're Mo Williams, oh, and I'm man. carrying you to a championship, hey, with the Cavaliers.
6: I, at the least, tap. at least you didn't say I was somebody else that was on that team that is now uh, suffering uh, greatly. So wow. Um,
1: I'm I am Kawhi Leonard. And you are Jeremy Lin, and I've won a championship for you, but you get a ring.
6: No, oh, we all get a ring, one way or another. A quarterback, it's offensive Really cheap in the lineman. championship
1: ring. Doesn't I, it cheapen the championship ring?
6: Luke Walton won an NBA title with the Lakers. Does Multiple that take away? NBA
1: championship? Does, yeah.
6: does that take away from anything? Of course yes, not. No. It does. Everybody has a role. I, I think that mine needs to be uh, amplified yeah. a little bit more. Um, but that your is. Your role is to get hemorrhoids, is your role,
1: <laughs> sitting there listening. <laughs> Well, we can, roll.
6: we can certainly do that. So, what do we what do we have on the All right. Well, the so, here's the today. menu
1: on this week's edition of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. We've got the voice of a killer haunting from the trash can. We've got that. Fake it till you make it. Uh, we've got that as well. Study this grab bag, which is the mail bag. We just changed mail. Or grab uh, mail to grab or whatever, whatever, you get the point. Uh, and don't stick to sports stories of the week. So we got those, we got a lot to get to, and we'll probably not get to half of it. But we begin with this Aaron Hernandez documentary, which I have been watching on Netflix. And uh, I'm not all the way through it yet. I've made my way through most of it. It is pretty good, actually. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, on the Mather scale of documentaries, one to 10, with 10 being the magnum opus. I'm at a nine, and it could go up to a 10. I'm at a nine right now. It's got a chance to get to a 10. It's that good. There's great production value on this, which is very important with podcasts. Sometimes it's amateur hour, uh, kind of like the Fishbowl, the famous Fishbowl podcast that we did uh, with Gascon Engineering. Back in 2019. Uh, but the podcast, uh, that's a different animal. The, the documentary with Aaron Hernandez, life story, fast moving, somewhat informative, although I knew a lot of it and chilling uh, at times. And that's the thing. like I didn't expect this to be that great because i, I we were on the radio talking about Aaron Hernandez when he was on trial for murder and then subsequently found guilty of that and all. And so we did plenty of monologues. I knew a lot about it. Uh, I was doing some radio in Boston remotely during that time, so we talked a lot about it on the Boston show uh, off and on, and I knew some of the people that were involved in the story uh, on the kind of the outskirts of the story. But it's just wild. I mean, to watch it and to hear the phone calls that this guy was going around killing multiple people. And he'd then show up at the stadium on Sunday, and rah, rah, there were a bunch of people wearing his jersey, cheering him on, not knowing they were cheering on a killer. Just craziness. And uh, the ability that Aaron Hernandez had to compartmentalize is is fascinating, uh, the way that it was all... All laid out. I mean,
6: yeah, I mean... Just be- what is what you're hiding, Gascon? Well, just because of the way that... This wasn't just a regular guy. This was a high-performance athlete at the major Division One level at Florida and then eventually in the National Football League. So to maintain that kind of excellence on the field, not only physically but also mentally, to stay disciplined within the confines of Florida and also uh, at New England, it was it was phenomenal. Now, I know you haven't finished all of it just yet, so I won't spoil the end.
1: Well, I know what happens. He dies. I, uh, I am aware of the end. of Yes, the,
6: but do uh, you know what? If, if yeah. that was the case, you know how it ends, you wouldn't be watching the damn documentary. So I'm well, no, saying for I, the I purpose wanna, no, of no, 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 logistics no. and how things worked internally with New England, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Well,
1: let, let, me, let me explain, Gascon, that when I'm watching this documentary, I will be checking it out because there's people I know that I have not seen yet in the documentary that work or used to work at wei uh so people i am casual acquaintances with so i want to see that part of the story
6: so you don't want to see any kind of background story on the patriots or on. i I,
1: I know that the patriots look the other way and they're going to claim probably in there i haven't seen the end of it but they're going to claim they tried to get him help and whatever i don't know how you help somebody like that but they Uh, probably are going to say
6: that how about this how about you wait and watch the entire thing before you make those kind of assumptions? How about that? Okay. I mean, how about All right, I'll, I'll wait for you. Please. Guys, I, no, I finished it last night. I, I enjoyed oh, congr- it.
1: You want a cookie? Congratulations. No, we'll you but, a trophy. Uh,
6: but as I was getting- I mean, if
1: I if I didn't work during the week, I would have watched it last night, too. Uh, I have a job. I, I have to work at night. I have to watch sports at night. Oh, I can't God. be watching documentaries
6: uh, at night. Manual labor. Well, I, I watch for...
1: documentaries two days a week. What, what days are those? Um, Friday night- If my wife allows it, depending on if she wants to do something else. And then on Saturday, I'll leave a little time. I will allot time Mm -hmm. to watch uh, some documentaries. So it's like two days a week I catch up on my documentaries. And then during the the rest of the week, I'm a hard-o sports guy looking for things to talk about. That's what
6: I do. No, this is one of them. I mean, this is not a topic of conversation in the mainstream media. Or you couldn't talk about this at all in the National Football League with Super Bowl right around the corner and the NFL season coming to a close and the NFL draft coming up, the combine coming up. Like you couldn't bring that into a topic of conversation during uh, could your show. I? Yeah, could you? Yeah, I mean I could. I, I mean, that would require you to cut off your collars, so I know you don't want to do that. Why would I have to cut off callers? Because would that would I mean more. That would mean more content for you. Like you'd have to talk more and elaborate more on. I this.
1: don't take that many calls anymore. I, I am um, selective with the, the calls. I do a monologue at the beginning, and then I have a, you know a few calls I mix in throughout the hour. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. people want to stay on hold; they can get on the show. If not, they can hang up. They're free to do whatever they want. If, and people don't hang on; then uh, it's fine. We just talk. Well, all right. Well. All right. Uh, moving on from the Aaron Hernandez <laughs> documentary, because you told me, I shouldn't talk about it because I didn't watch
6: the. whole I don't thing make yet. an assumption on the back end end Of it. That's all I'm saying because I, it I, is I, I, enjoyable, I, like you I don't said. You, I,
1: he's dead. I'm not sad he's dead. He was a loser, a scumbag, a psychopath, and you don't know, go around randomly killing people, and I don't feel any empathy for you. I'm so sorry. you
6: gave this you gave this documentary a nine, and you only want to watch the end for the people that you know. Yeah, of what course. A that's fucking blue like, heart. I know people that are in
1: the documentary, so I want to watch Great. and see how they're portrayed in
6: the documentary. Um, that's just. Absolutely fascinating to me. right,
1: uh, moving on. Haunting from the trash can.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show
5: weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
8: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you
1: get your podcasts. So this Houston Astros story, which we have chronicled day in and day out, effortless coverage, uh, endless coverage as well, of this story. And I reject the notion that Major League Baseball has that they're just going to be able to sweep this under the rug and uh, this is it. That's all it's going to, you know, nothing more. This is a uh, one-month story. And by the time spring training games get going, people will have moved on. Uh, This is going to come back and haunt them like a traumatic experience in your life or some kind of disease that keeps popping back up every so often. Uh, it is going to be the ongoing narrative, I am convinced, in the 2020 season. And there's nothing that Rob Manford can do. There's nothing that Robert Crane, the owner of the Astros, can do, or any of these other jamokes. These Mama Lukes are so screwed. Uh, and it's it's an odd deal because baseball made a deal with the devil. The I, I want to use the right terms. I don't want to curse anymore, Gascon. I said the F word already. And I don't want to upset the people in the Bible Belt who are offended here.
7: Yeah.
1: Uh, but the way I'll, I'll, I'll say it, I'll say it like this, right? The fact that baseball made a deal with the devil for immunity and they, they with the players, supposedly. That's why none of them got punished. Uh, these players getting immunity now, it's like the perfect crime stealing the Mona Lisa and not getting caught on video and no DNA, fingerprint evidence, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the A's, the Mariners, the Rangers, pretty much every team in the American League, other than, I guess, the Red Sox who are part of this and complicit with it, it is going to be vicious. Uh, I have heard from a number of my friends, Dodger fans, who are looking at the schedule for the trips the Astros make to Anaheim for the sole purpose of booing uh, the Astros and goofing on them. And the other part is the the other reason. Forget about that. I mean, the fan outrage will, will die down. Maybe it won't die down. But what happens? Think about this. What happens if Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve are frauds and they turn into 240 hitters? with limited power all of a sudden. Are they going to blame injuries? Are they going to blame uh, some other boogeyman? Or the obvious, no more bang, bang, no more buzz, buzz, no more whistle while you work. Like, what's the spin going to be from the Astros and Major League Baseball? I, it's going to be interesting.
6: I, I think one of the guys that you, – you'll remember this, but going back to a guy that was – pot for PED use was Brady Anderson, the Baltimore Orioles. That's
1: old school guest gun. You're dating yourself. That's before my time. I've, I've heard about him. I read him on the Wikipedia.
6: Yeah, but of course. So you know this. I mean, he topped out with, what, 50 home runs and, and then all of a sudden just fell off a cliff. I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen to these guys, that they don't perform at least at an average level. But you hit the nail right on the head, and I've got a problem with it because – this is going to stain Rob Manfred's legacy as commissioner of Major League Baseball. And people will say that there's no precedent for this, that this is enough of a penalty against a general manager, against a manager, against a future manager when, in Carlos Beltran. But it's not. This dates back to 1877. Guys got banned for life. There was four players then. You got the eight players, the uh, 1919 Chicago Black Sox scandal. And this is an opportunity for him to drop the hammer. And he's not doing that by giving these guys immunity. It's just dumbfounding to me because these are the ones that executed the plan to cheat, to rob the game, to steal from other teams, and obviously use technology to improve the likelihood of winning a World Series. And I think it's gutless to do this or not to take any action against these guys because what's the deterrent for these guys in the future?
1: Oh, yeah. Listen, uh, if you told me right now that you could get away with it, it's the perfect crime, and all you're going to lose is your dopey manager and your owner's going to be fined, who's worth billions, will be fined $5, yeah. essentially, uh, and, and then your GM is gone, okay, done, where do I sign the paperwork? I'd like the championship. <laughs> That's exactly uh, it.
6: If, if I gave the common man HGH or steroids, and I said, hey, you have decent athletic ability, but here are PEDs, now enhancement there might be an opportunity for you to get caught but you still have the chance to make millions of dollars not only for yourself or your family be set for life who wouldn't take that kind of action well exactly I sure it's as hell like, would.
1: it's like when you if you rob a bank And then you get to keep the money, but you have to go to jail for a couple of years. All day.
6: I would do it. (laughs) Exactly. Who wouldn't do it?
1: (laughs) You know, of course you're going to do it. If you figure, well, i will spend a couple of years in jail. It can't be that bad. I'll be, you know, club fed or whatever. And then I'll keep the money when I come out. And uh, it's just wrong. Now, Listen, we've talked about this. When when baseball, uh, in the early days of baseball, when guys got suspended, there was no union. Since the union got muscle. Since the union got backbone, baseball has been a bunch of pussy willows. But even, you know, you think about Bud Selig in the steroid era, Bud Selig could have easily suspended players based on the best interest of the the game, looking out for the, the wellness of baseball, whatever clause they call it, whatever language they use. But Bud Selig didn't do it because he was afraid of the union and He didn't even try to punish anybody that was involved in this. And eventually they made a compromise because of bad PR and they put the steroid rules in, but he could have violated, he could have punished these guys. He didn't do it. There's a culture in baseball of looking the other way and, it's you know boys being boys and all that stuff and but the fact the main reason that Rob Manfred looks like a giant pussy willow is because of the fact that the Mexican drug cartels have as much power in Mexico as the union has over Major League Baseball. Yeah. Right. And and base most Major League Baseball teams it's a den of inequity. There's a lot of uh, shadiness going on with bending the rules. But it's again it's it's okay when you hire the 85 you know, year old guy that should not be wearing a baseball uniform, who happens to be good at detecting tells from pitchers or uh, ripping off signs, that's okay. But when you put a camera and bang, bang, and buzz, buzz, and and all that, that's where you've crossed the line, Uh, period, period, stop But But the other thing, too, about the Astros, when you watch Astros games, let's say they do win some games this year, because they have players that we think are good, but maybe they're not, because of cheating. Mm Mm-hmm. Any time the Astros get a big home run, if there's any kind of oddity, any kind of sound thing that goes bump in the night, will be assumed to be part of some new age way to to tell a hitter uh, when you know when something's going. Can you imagine going to like Anaheim or Yankee Stadium in in 2020 here, and when the Astro hitters are at the plate, people will be banging seats, you know, whatever they can get to make noise. Uh, to make, kind of reminisce and, and make it sound like trash cans and things like that. You know that's going to happen.
6: It, it reminds me of back in the day when Bonds would go down to San Diego or even Los Angeles and people would throw syringes or fake syringes onto the diamond. I don't know if you remember that. I enough. do remember oh, that, but yeah.
1: yeah but I, I was around uh, at games, uh, going to games, <laughs> and I remember B- Bonds was like an infamous. Like, he was he was a brute yeah. uh, of baseball, and uh, people just despised. Advised him and he was so upset with Barry Bonds and and the media coverage it was crazy
6: now I don't I don't know how you feel on this but I don't like the stance that CeCe Sabathia took with this about how the Astros robbed him and the Yankees of a World Series title I wouldn't give the Dodgers the title in 17 or 18 but I was st- certainly wouldn't assume that the, the Yankees would be there either and, and I think what they should have done, much like with Reggie Bush and the Heisman Trophy that was vacated, I think they need to do the same thing, too. Because you can't make it right, but at least you can negate what they acclaimed. You got the yep. bonuses, you got the rings, and you got the celebrity status from a team that was – I mean, don't forget, they were absolutely horrific in the early 2000s. They were a doormat. I mean, they went to, what, one World Series? With Roy Oswalt and company, but they were they were dormant for such a long period of time. They had all those high ranking draft picks and it led to nothing for for countless years. And then all of a sudden these guys start getting good, which is understandable. They make some trades, they pick up Justin Verlander, who should have been a Dodger in two thousand seventeen, but nobody wanted to spend the money. And then these guys I,
1: I think Verlander was cheating. I wouldn't be shocked if he was they were doing something with the pitchers too that hasn't come out yet. Wow. Because Verlander, uh, when he was with Detroit, he looked like he was on the back nine and he didn't have much left. And then he goes to Houston. And he's Cy young, but uh, at the time he was with the Tigers, it did not look like that was a wise trade because he had a lot of money left in his contract. He had not been all that great for the uh, for the Tigers, but uh, the the Astros. You look at some of the stiff pitchers that had gone to Houston guys that were underachievers and all of a sudden turned out to be these massive supernova pitchers on the mound. It was like, what's going on here? Well, um, but, uh, but the if- Astros also, it's, it's good that this has happened in a way because they are a product of tanking. Yeah. The Astros at one point, one of the great stories is they had a cable dispute in Houston. Yeah. I had a friend that worked at the cable network that was not carried in a lot of the cable, mark, you know, ca- cable companies in Houston. And, The Astros had a a game where they had a 0.0 rating. (laughs) A professional (laughs) baseball team within the last decade had a game where literally, according to the ratings, nobody was watching.
6: And that's hard to do.
1: (laughs) That is very difficult to do, to pull that off. And, and they were able to do it. So, listen, to me, these guys are all outlaws. Uh, Altuve doesn't get in the Hall of Fame. Bregman, that'll be their, their punishment, I mean, based on the fact that if you're not going to put Bonds and Clemens and the known, the known steroid guys in, other than Pudge Rodriguez and, and Mike Piazza, yeah. then uh, the comeuppance, the price to pay here, the pound of flesh, will be by the baseball writers. But we have a lot of young baseball writers that don't really care about this and think it's absurd the astros are even being uh, punished yeah. at all uh so
6: well th- this is the same yeah. reason why kurt schilling is not in the hall of fame too because don't tell me his resume does not qualify for the howard halls of, of cooperstown because he was great in, in philadelphia on a bad team still got them to a world series And he was fantastic in Arizona and even in Boston. He won three World Series titles out of his four trips and had an 11-2 record with an ERA just over two. The guy was money in postseason play.
1: But he's on the wrong side of the political spectrum for many of the baseball writers.
6: Exactly.
1: So he's being crucified and condemned for his political position. And some of these writers are even admitting it, which blows me away. It's like some of the uh, the writers on Twitter
6: are like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't like this guy. That's unfortunate. But, yeah, it goes back to your point about them not even caring. So, it, it, I don't know. For you, do you think that in your own cynic way that baseball actually enjoys this? Because you go back to 1998 with McGuire and Sosa and Griffey and that home run chase, there was acknowledgment of a PED use down the road. But then all that still, for lack of a better term, it, it amplified – attendance numbers in major league baseball and the game itself grew after that yeah
1: yeah listen i i I think there is absolutely truth in that i mean the fact that a bunch of people who I know off the air talk show hosts who have told me why do you talk about baseball man? it's an old man sport it's an old white sport nobody cares about it it's a dying sport I don't talk about it you know these people the, the never baseball crowd on talk radio who tell me this off the air why you're an idiot you talk, you'd be better if you didn't talk about baseball these are the people that love this story yeah right so it's it's the old argument any publicity is good publicity and you don't really pay attention about what they, they say about you what they write about you it's just you measure it in inches mm. or you measure it in the number of tweets right and, it's, and, and, and the Astros are going to be booed up the wazoo and I do believe in the old quote that Reggie Jackson had back the old Hall of Famer in his day with the Yankees when he talked about the fact that they don't boo nobody's <laughs> right
7: yeah.
1: they, they don't boo nobody's and so yeah the Astros the people are angry and there's going to be that lynch mob mentality with the Astros but it is actually publicity because people are going to be curious to see what happens and check out whether there's a fall of the Roman Empire, or in this case the Houston Astros Empire. How about the fact they yeah, have we talked about this on the radio the other night earlier in the week. I, I love that we're doing a sporto podcast. But the <laughs> Astros had the Hutzpah of tweeting out that their owner Bregman and Altuve won awards. Yeah. What's up with that?
6: Yeah. <laughs> And the best part was someone had actually captured uh, a tweet from Justin Verlander. And I don't know if it was a tweet from him or or an article where he was interviewed, but back in 2017, or prior to that, when he was with Detroit, talking about how Major League Baseball needs to do something about sign stealing. <laughs> so this is uh, all yeah. all coming out. Well, and
1: he I- did something about it. He found a team that was good at yeah. it. Yeah. And- <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. All right, anyway, we'll move on from that. Good luck to the Astros. May we dig their grave.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro
5: on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel
0: perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
8: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts. So fake it till you make it. Now, since next week is going to be all about the Super Bowl and Kansas City and Santa Clara, mano a mano for the championship championship, of the NFL, and that'll be the sole focus, I would imagine, depending on something earth-shaking that happens before next uh, podcast. So we will not have a lot of time to discuss the XFL. Can the XFL make it? Because they will be launching right after the Super Bowl in February. The uh, new eight-team XFL, which is paid for by the sugar daddy, Vince McMahon, the big cheese over there at professional wrestling, WWE and all that, the CEO, they begin play February 8th. And they're going to have teams, if you haven't paid attention to this, I don't blame you, maybe you've got a life. But there's teams in New York, L.A., Dallas, Houston, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa, and Washington, D.C. So there's no team in Boston. There's no team in Chicago. But that's, uh, that's where the XFL is going to be. And unlike the initial edition of the XFL, which was way back in 2001, which was a partnership with NBC, uh, they were all about being cutthroats and violence and all that stuff and uh, shock value. And, but now in these more gentle, softer times, the 2020 incarnation of the XFL, their marketing arm, they want this to be a fan-first league focused on delivering. The high quality on-field product, blah 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 blah. <laughs> so, will it work? Will the XFL succeed? Now, what are the odds that the XFL lasts past three seasons? Remember, the first time it only lasted one year. I have in my my closet somewhere. I got to find it because I should put that on 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 the gram. I have an XFL shirt with all the helmet logos. Uh, that I got back in the day because I was like, I'm into it, man. I like it, yeah. And uh, I gotta find it. it's a pretty cool shirt, and it's held up. You know, it's, it doesn't look like it's all. I haven't worn it that much. That's probably why it's held up. But uh, it's it's intriguing. But as far as the odds, I am an amateur bookmaker, guest I am going to set the odds that the XFL will it last three seasons or you know, past three seasons, which would mean it has to turn some kind of profit. I'm going to go at plus fifteen hundred. Which implies about a six percent chance. Wow, about a six percent chance, which I think I'm actually going high. I, I think I'm going high. You know that uh, remember American Express had that commercial years back where they, you know, they warned that ninety percent of startup restaurants fail, yeah, in the first year. It's actually not that high. Um, there was a study done that said about it, it's you know seventeen percent of restaurants. With twenty or less, like the mom and pop places, mm-hmm. uh, they fail. It's it's higher when you have twenty one or more employees. But sports leagues, you know, how many how many startup sports leagues have we seen here that have just come and gone, and we don't even remember them, or remember like one thing about them?
6: Yeah, Alliance of American Football just recently.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is that the the blue blood sports leagues have such a stranglehold. Because they're in bed with the politicians. They get exemptions from the government and whatnot. So they have a huge competitive advantage. And and also, since they've been around so long, it's generations of hearts, minds, and souls that love. And I get it. I'm part of it. That love the NFL and follow baseball and basketball and even hockey a little bit. And and those sports leagues. But um, the the reason I give it about a 6% chance, which I think is a lot, is because of Vince McMahon. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the great marketing people of our time. The problem, Gascon, is that the WWE. What is the formula for the WWE? Right? What What is the secret sauce of the WWE? Is that they are staging events? Yeah. So are, are, you can't make this like I guess you could. I mean the NBA. The NBA. David Stern was accused of that back in the day. That this was like You know, they were the Harlem Globetrotters. Can't really do that in to, you know, people. The jig is up in sports when you you rig the stuff like that in, yeah. in the NFL or whatever, in football.
6: But, I mean, you talk about the way that this league has been developed, and I, I think McMahon has obviously learned something from his past failures with the XFL. And also, if you recall back then when it was originated, the WWE was not a subscription-based network as well. So you get fans that have already subscribed to WWE now on a regular basis – I think no matter where you go, whether it's on their platform or YouTube or Twitter or Amazon, I think there's going to be an audience, especially because it's not directly competing with the National Football League. It's doing so during the NFL's offseason. As a, as a football guy, you are too. I, I can't get enough football anyway. The problem with the Alliance of American Football was that, Not every game was on TV. It wasn't on CBS all the time, and it was only a handful of teams anyway. I think McMahon will do something that's obviously different from the NFL, and you'll still get players that can't compete in the National Football League either, but that can make plays and and provide some sort of entertainment. Because that's exactly what this is now, right? This is two, three hours of entertainment. It's not always football or baseball or basketball or hockey anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, the problem with these things, it's, A, the games have to be interesting. You watched that Alliance of American Football, and it was like they were playing in a mortuary. Yeah. It was very dull, and there was nobody in the crowd. There was no excitement. There was no juice to the games at all. B, the, the quality of the play, like there's got to be it's not going to be up to NFL standards because these aren't NFL players, right? These aren't the elite of the elite. And if you're the elite of the elite, most of these guys will be in the uh, NFL or would have an opportunity in the NFL. But the games have to be played at a higher level than the AAF or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. Um, And I I saw a survey of sports fans. This is from the morning consult. Mm -hmm. They conducted a survey and uh, what percentage – well, I, I go point by point here. We'll, we'll play a game here. What percentage of avid sports fans are going to watch the XFL?
6: I'm going to say twenty percent. No, I've,
1: I'm talking about hardcore sports fans, to people like our our base, our oh. one percenters that love sports radio and all
6: that. Uh, I'll say seventy percent. I'll go yeah, higher. right
1: around there. It's Sixty-eight percent say they will. The self-identified avid sports fans are going to yeah. give the XFL a chance during the off season. Yeah. Uh, what percentage of high school football fans? Are going to give it a chance? That's 59%. How about college football? What percentage of college football fans? About 58%. How about NFL fans? You want to take a swing at this? What percentage of NFL fans say they are going to give the XFL a shot?
6: I'd say 90%. No. Only 56%. Less than college and less
1: than high school.
6: See, this is weird, though, for me because of what you just mentioned with the other sports. Like the NBA – and Major League Baseball have been successful, obviously because of what they do domestically, but I think the international elements uh, have been great for the NBA and also Major League Baseball. You talk about players that come from Japan or Korea or China or Puerto Rico or Cuba, and the NBA, the same thing, Germany, Spain. I think those players, I know the leagues that they play in are not considered the elite of the elite, That doesn't mean that we can't take the best of those best and bring them here and make it our own. So I think that's the same thing here with what we got in the XFL. I mean, mean, there's countless players that have made it into the National Football League that either have been low drafted or undrafted and have had historical careers. So yeah. I, I yeah, think listen, there'll be guys do. I want to give
1: it a, a chance, but I'm looking for content. I'm looking for things to talk about. So if there's something odd that happens or something interesting that's worthy of a monologue, I'd love that. I would love to be able to do a monologue. But it's got to be mainstream enough where people are watching if no one's watching. And really, ultimately, this all comes down to television ratings. Yeah. If the WWE can convince enough of the market to watch, and they can get advertisers, and they can make a profit, and it's... It's going to be driven by the television community and whether or not there's any kind of buzz on TV. And a lot of these shows, you know, you know, Gascon, you hang out with TV people. Yeah. If a show doesn't get a, a high enough percentage of the ratings the first year, it doesn't get a second year.
6: Well, we, we do know off the top already, though, that ratings have been coming down for the NBA over the last couple of years. Major League Baseball is a regional sport. The NHL is a regional sport as well. So you think about this, when it happens with the XFL, it doesn't happen – at a great time for other sports content. I mean, NFL is king. They produce the highest rated shows. What is it, like 20 out of 25 of the best shows throughout the year are all NFL related or college football related?
1: So, yeah, I mean they they dominate, but they're they're one of the few things that they're like the last of the Mohegans as far as what's over the air television. Yeah, and you know a lot of us cord cutters don't have access to the to the cable and all that, so they're sure. watching. You don't have to have a cable to watch an NFL game. Ninety percent of the games are available for free, other than the Monday night package.
6: Yeah, of course. But the other thing is the ga- the gambling element too. Uh, if you can gamble on these games and make some money on it, I, the gambling aspect is always going to ha- bring casual fans into it, because if there's action, you know, a degenerate wants it, and they'll get it.
1: Well, you can bet on anything. You can bet on, you know, who's crossing the road, you know, faster. (laughs) Two old guys cross the road. Which one's going to get there first? You can bet on
6: anything. Yeah, I know, but, you know.
1: Now, now the three things I know you love List Gascon. You're the OG of List. Yes. The three things I remember about the original XFL, and I might or might not have been on the radio talking about it, (laughs) I remember the strippers in the hot tub at the Coliseum in L.A. Yeah. I uh, remember that very much. It was wild. They had like uh, they brought in some strippers. I think there were some porn stars or actresses in there, uh, in the in the end zone, uh, in the back of the end zone. Uh, I remember he hate me. Yeah, the breakout star who went on and played several years in the NFL with Carolina and some other teams there. Um, and I also remember when I was writing for BenMaller.com, my old website that I people were were outraged. I got a special interest group that was outraged because the team in Memphis was nicknamed the Maniacs, <laughs> and they said that was offensive to people that had mental illness. Now, the reason I remember that, now, today that would be the norm, but back in 2001, that wasn't how society
6: operated. Yeah.
1: But now everyone runs around, outrage armies, upset about everything, and they want everything changed, and everything's offensive and all that. As I, I think I, I'm very proud of myself, Guestia, I pointed out, Defending my wife's honor, that the 49ers mascot's offensive. Sourdough Sam, it's offensive to people that have gluten allergies, so it's wrong, and it's just an example of the absurdity that takes place in these uh, these days. Oh, you one other point on the XFL. I just wait, saw this. You know, uh, part of that survey.
6: You don't remember the players running to the football for the? Oh yeah, admitted- <laughs> I remember that too.
1: But that's not one of the top three.
6: Oh, all right, sorry.
1: It's my list. It's not
6: your list. Sorry. Okay. All right, sorry.
1: I thought you were trying to touch up my list. Like my list isn't good enough, Mister List over there.
6: Well, it's it's really small. I'm just adding to it.
1: All right. So the main reason, which is very the thing that that people, the most people said, is very important for them to watch. The most important thing when they watch the XFL. What is it? <sighs> top three? Give me the top three. How about that?
6: Top three of what they're interested in.
1: Yeah, like the most important things for them, potential XFL fans. Uh, you know, most important if the XFL does this. It's very important to me.
6: Um, uh, women like cheerleaders or divas. Uh, no, no that's bad job. by you, I uh, no, I'll give you the top three. Right. Uh, number,
1: number three. Well, I'll give you number one. Cause I think number one's kind of obvious quality of play.
6: Okay. So you're I talking about sense, product. If the okay. games suck. I'm not going to watch. Yeah.
1: Um, number two is player safety. I think that's bullshit. Uh, I don't think people really care. They I mean, say they care, but unless you're a relative or a friend of the players, do you really care? It's like people go to NASCAR races to watch them crash. So you, you really care about, you know, you don't want them to die, but, you know, a good head swirling hit, you yeah. take that, right? That's Human great.
6: torpedo. Yeah, we go from Aaron Hernandez to uh, NASCAR and IndyCar, and car crash is great. All
1: right. Uh, number three <laughs> standing for the national anthem. They say that's the third most important thing for people to watch the XFL. Now, I I believe you should stand for the national anthem, and I've uh, I've crucified Colin Kaepernick over the years and the other you know, people that followed him as followers. But I I don't think that's you know that's that. Now, that's not going to be a reason I don't watch. I'll just goof on them if they uh, they don't stand for the national anthem.
6: Fair enough. But-
5: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel
0: perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
8: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to "Playing Dirty" sports scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Uh, all right, uh, moving on from the XFL, we have uh, we can either go and study this, guest, I know your time is limited. We can do grab bag. Uh, why don't we do grab bag? Actual questions, and we'll get back to study this when we have time.
6: Yeah, you had some annoying people. You had one guy that was sending in emails to the Re- real Fifth Hour account, but he was doing it from his cell phone. And What's he, wrong with that? Nothing,
1: Most people send email from their cell
6: phone, but it's it's like it was a long string of text messages that he was sending on email form. Yeah. The luxury, though, though, was that he was doing this when you were either on the air or sleeping. So, I was just like, every time I saw it, I was delete, 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 delete. Oh,
1: thanks. (laughs) I like that we have a shared email account and you go through and delete these things. Well, because
6: he was really bashing the entire staff. Like, he was bashing your entire staff. Oh, I'd like to read that. I don't know. I I don't think I want to. I'm all about positivity here. I know you're not. Well, I
1: need feedback. This show's not good. What are you going to do? Fire
6: everybody on your staff? What's that? What are you gonna do? Fire everybody on your staff?
1: Well, if I have to, if a guy on a cell phone who's yeah. drunk sending messages overnight wants yeah. that, if I'm, I must appease yeah. the listener's always right.
6: Yeah, and then you heads are gonna roll. Yeah. Or, yeah, then you're compelled to actually talk to the rest of your staff, which you don't like doing anyway. Off the air, um, anyways. Continue. Well, no, I
1: talk to them, but you know, they don't like to talk to me. You know? <sighs> I mean, if they like to talk to, her, they wouldn't show up at ten fifty nine. But you know, the show starts at eleven or whatever. They don't they'd show up maybe I don't know half an hour early <sighs> or whatever. And,
6: yeah. Uh, things like that. You're asking show a Show some lot. pride in your work. You're asking a lot. That is too much. I mean, it's really
1: difficult to have to show up more than one minute before the show. Uh, it's a very b- b- big problem, yes?
6: Uh, well, I guess it depends. Did you like the fact that I denied working with you on that Sunday night? I said, hey, Bershinger, why don't you go in there and, and clean things up? Well, I liked
1: it because is better than you. And uh, it was really, you, know, you had to take one for the team, gun because Bershinger's a talent.
7: I love uh, this guy.
1: Should be a full-time producer at Fox. Showed up early, prepared. <sighs> whatever you need, Ben. Yes. Can I? What can I do to help you? Yeah. What can I do to make the show better? I mean, these are all things I'm not used to. So I, I really liked Bershing.
6: I I, I I thought he was great. What was man
1: better than you? Better than you when you produced, and uh, I am on Team Bershinger. Keep trying, Ryan.
6: Uh, he's a good guy, but I don't think uh, I don't think that his production value or elements for anything that supersedes what I have brought to the table. Oh, much better in,
1: than you. Like, people past. like him. He's got likability because he doesn't he's, talk uh, in the young demographic. You're in the older demographic, so it's it's. Yeah, he got a lot of. He checks a lot of boxes. Wow. All right, so grab back. These are actual questions from actual listeners of the show. Jonathan in Delaware says, what's your favorite player or coach who has never won a title in their sport? All right, this is easy, Jonathan. Jim Tracy, former Dodger Pirates and Rockies manager Jim Tracy. I love the guy. I befriended him when he was a coach with the Dodgers, and then he became the manager. And uh, Jim was uh, very nice to me back in the day, and we had a good relationship, and we – Occasionally, even go out and have a meal uh, on the road and whatnot. But he, 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 when he was managing the Pirates, he got let go. And I ran into him after he had managed the Pirates, and he still owned his house in Pittsburgh. And he said, "Hey Ben, if you go through Pittsburgh, you can stay at my house. I'm not there anymore." <laughs> well, he stayed his old house in Pittsburgh. I thought it was kind of cool, which is probably like a mansion out in the suburbs. Yeah, I'm but surprised. That's my answer is Jim Tracy. I'm surprised uh, you didn't top.
6: have a. I'm surprised you didn't have a listener fly you out there and stay there for free. That would have been impressive. Are you done? Yeah, I'm. I'm done. I'm shocked.
1: You got any peanut butter or just jelly?
6: God, <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah. I, think, I think my favorite is uh, has got to be Andy Reid, just because of what he went through in Philadelphia, and I know he's obviously had some some tough times with his family, but I think everything's coming to fruition in Kansas City, and he created a winner in Philadelphia, got booted from there. He's created a winner in Kansas City, and he's obviously brought them to the peak of of the mountain. And obviously one hurdle to go, but it's the first time they've been in the big dance in, what, 50 years? So I think he's great for the game. He's a great play caller. He's a good motivator, and he's built winners. Everything, everywhere he's gone, he's been successful. I think him, Jim Harbaugh, obviously now in Michigan, but and those are two guys that are amongst my favorites that have not won at the highest level yet. Wow.
1: I mean, mine's better than yours. My Mine is better than yours. Yeah, with the tra- I knew You didn't know these guys. Yeah. All like- right. All right. Uh, Lugo from Lancaster, California, the high desert, says, Ben, when are you going to do a live streaming show? I would love to see the gang live. Gascon, when are we doing a live show?
6: Well, I'm glad that he asked you that and not me, because the real answer would be coming for me is that every single week I text you in the morning. And at night, and I say, hey, do me a favor, wear something decent or professional or at least somewhat upright and not wrinkled, uh, because I like to stream something or at least put something up digitally that has... Us on there to promote no, no, the show, he doesn't want to to see promote a the
1: stupid podcast. 30 second video. Dummy. It's not 30 he seconds. He wants to show up like, like local radio when you go to a sports bar or a restaurant and you have a show, a live broadcast, recording, uh, streaming the show live. From some location.
6: Well, you know, I think that's another great uh, way that you can word that. And um, I'll say that it's in progress right now. We're, we're working on it. I have been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. That's a lot. Uh, I have been uh, detracted by you to do some of the things that I have done already. And mm-hmm. um, we'll wait and see. But uh, something could be in the mix. And um, okay, I, I right, think moving it along. all depends Lou on you, Lou from the of LBC
1: says, I don't believe you. Lou from the LBC <laughs> says for you both. Uh, You guys grew up or lived in Southern California for a long time. Have you ever seen uh, or have you ever been to the beach and seen an animal wash up on shore or seen a wild animal roaming the streets? such as a mountain lion or a coyote, et cetera, et cetera, or a bear or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, Lou, I'll go first. I have, um, back in my hiking days, I don't really do that much more. I go to the gym and just go to the treadmill and watch TV for an hour and a oh, half boy. or whatever. But back in the day when I would, would go out and hike around Los Angeles in the suburbs, in the mountains around L.A., I did see coyotes a couple of times. But I didn't get scared because I, I feel like I'm so much bigger. I know they, they're they a pack. They attack as a pack, and if there were like three or four coyotes, I'd be really screwed. I saw one lone coyote wandering around. I've never seen a mountain lion or a bear. I, I would, uh, I'm chitting my pants if I saw a bear or a mountain lion. And I was out hiking in the in the woods. I'd be really just yeah, that would not be good. And I have seen several an, um, animals wash ashore, like seals uh, in California, and I was in Hawaii, and there was a, a seal that washed up on shore, and they, they. They put ropes, it's weird how they do it in Hawaii, they, they put ropes around it, and they put a sign up, do not touch, you know, animal, whatever, sick, dying, whatever, and you just have to, like, stand afar, you know, stand back and look. So I, I have seen coyotes, and I have seen animals wash up on shore. Never like a giant whale, though. I know that happens sometimes, I haven't seen that.
6: Yeah, I, I have not seen that, um, but to answer the second part of that question, I have, um, I have seen wildlife in the areas that I live in. And uh, great story. I know you'll enjoy this. But uh, a buddy of mine and I were, were out one night and and met a couple of females um, up in like Los Angeles. Was it Billy? No, oh. uh, West Side I of Town. I only know
1: one of your friends,
6: Billy. Quit name dropping.
1: He's w. the only one I know. I didn't say his last name. His name is Billy. He's the go. only friend I Anyways, know.
6: Anyways, so we turned out to meet a couple of women, and one of them. Was actually, she was from Rolling Hills, which is on the backside of Palos Verdes down on the coast. And at the end of the night, she invited us back to her place. Well, I wasn't feeling one of the girls that we were there with, but my buddy liked the girl that lived in, in Rolling Hills. So I said, Hey, I gotta bounce. I gotta work in the morning any t- anyway. Uh, have at it and see what see what happens at the rest of this night.
1: You're yeah, a really good wingman, Gascon.
6: I got him in the door. He's like you. He, he's an introvert, so I got him in the door. I did yeah, my job. He took off. Anyways, stage right so I took off. And Ben, I kid you not, because usually when I'm at Fox, I got to be up at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. I had a laundry list of text messages at like three, four, five o'clock in the morning. And my buddy asking for help because he was walking down Hawthorne Boulevard and a couple of other streets in Rolling Hills. And he could hear and then see coyotes. <laughs> And he tried getting an Uber and a Lyft and nobody would come pick him up because obviously it's rolling hills and where he needed to go was probably like five miles away, maybe six. So he had a he was walking home from a strikeout kind of a night and he was around coyotes all evening long until the early morning time. So it was it was pretty awesome. So, yeah, even up in rolling hills, you get coyotes. Who do?
7: Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, this one's from James in Zephyr Hills, Florida. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, he says, why is Gagon so hostile towards you, Ben? Well, I can answer that, James. Uh, jealousy is the main driving force of David Gascon's animosity towards myself. What am I?
6: What am I to be jealous about? The Empire,
1: the Malheur Militia, we, you take pot shots at the Mallor Militia. No, I don't. There's no gag on gang. There's none of that. Uh, you don't have, not have a following.
6: Uh well, there's people chanting my name up in the Pacific Northwest. At my direction, thanks to oh, Ed in Spokane
1: great. and Christina. I, actually, yeah. they started. I didn't even have to yeah. tell them to do it. No, they the,
6: just did it. The maturity level of you and, and them speaks volumes. Um, there's nothing I need to be jealous about. Well, then why are you acting this way, like a child? I'm not. What are you talking about? I, I I applaud you for all of your hard work, stacks of paper that you burn and waste throughout the middle of the night, um, your dedication to your staff, how how much of an extrovert you are for marketing and branding. Um well, I am. I, I am an introvert that, when needed, um, will be an extrovert. Oh, okay. Well, I, I applaud your wife for those efforts, because it's not on you. Well, my it's...
1: wife is much be- more... <laughs> Yeah, my wife's better at that than 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 I am.
6: Yeah, that's that's not saying a whole lot because I she have actually, to take her with me whenever we meet. No, 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 people. she has to take you out because I yeah. say, "Hey, Mrs., we have to go to this event." And she says, "Why?" And I say, "Okay." She's like, "It's going to be tough to convince Ben, but I'll try." Wow, <laughs> I'm open minded.
1: I have things to do though. I have time oh. mean, anyway. Moving, i are going to get a lot of these questions. We don't have too much time, so I'm going to get to more questions All right. here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is from Christy in uh, Trevor's wife finally in a, Nashville. Finally a female. Trevor Hayes's wife in Nashville. Why does my husband wake me up listening to you guys? Uh, Christy has to say. I'm sure she's referencing the radio show, not this podcast, but um, hopefully Trevor listens to the podcast. Well, Christy, uh, if you hear this, the reason that your husband, Trevor, wakes you up for the podcast is because he's A, smart. Uh, that's number one. Uh, B, he is a discerning audio content listener. That's number two. And uh, number three, he's probably uber successful in life. And if he's not uber successful in life, he's about to become uber (laughs) successful in life. Those are all the qualities of the average listener that wakes up their wife to hear the show. Period. Stop. Are you done? Well, you want me to go on?
6: Yeah, I could. All right,
1: uh, here's Daryl. Daryl from Southern Illinois. He writes in. He says, what has been the most exciting moment of your radio program? He says, uh, enjoy listening to you from uh, beautiful Southern Illinois, where we are the hub of the universe, according to Daryl. Well, Daryl, I don't stop and smell the roses. At some point, I would like to write a book. I tried to write a book a couple years ago. I talked to a couple of writers. And they were not that interested. So at some point, I'll write a book. I think it will be fun to tell some of the old stories. But I don't really sit back and think about it. We've had a lot of crazy things that have taken place, uh, depending on what you like. The spats with Shat's, the war with William Shatner, which the pop culture icon, people like that a lot. Uh, the, uh, the, the One time I wore a paper bag during the entire show after the, the Clippers lost to uh, the Cleveland uh, when they were terrible. Uh, We've done some dopey things. We've had some fun things with listeners and callers and whatnot, but I have not summed it up in like a top three moments in the history of the show. But if I have to write a book or I choose to write a book, I will do that. Brian from Northbridge, Massachusetts writes in,
6: can you please ask
1: Gascon to quit the show? Gascon, will you please quit the show?
6: How am I going to quit if I'm not getting paid for it? That's a fair point. Yeah. You got a point. Circle gets uh, Glenn, Glenn
1: writes and says, did Weedman Hippie quit your radio show again? Yes, Glenn. Now, <laughs> uh, Weed Man did not make it through January. He's already had a hissy fit, and he's upset that I did not give him enough, a lot of airtime. He's I, like a politician that needed a lot of airtime.
6: I'd, I'd be willing to trade Weedman Hippie for Chris in Houston. Cause, well, you don't like Chris in Houston. Yeah, he's just an a- ankle grabber. Wow. He's he's weak sauce. Really? Yes. He's embarrassing to well, the show. He's you do know now about ankle grabbing. Uh, yeah. So you, he's, an he's exhibit that, A. He's exhibit A. Yeah.
1: yeah. The, the the term screw the pooch is a
6: Gascon term. Can, can we get more interaction with the female audience? I, I know that you don't like to, to look upon them lightly and you ignore well, them Well,
1: let lot. me help you out. The, the sports audio, sports radio, sports podcasting is a male-driven vehicle. I'll teach you about this because <sighs> you know, it's podcasting radio 101. Yeah. The lion's share of the listeners are dudes who are many of them trying to get away from their wives and girlfriends and just kind of reminisce and and just be sports fans or or just bullshit fans. Uh, those kind of people. Uh, here's one battle royale. I don't know who sent this one in. Who would win between Ben, Eddie, Coop, Roberto, or Gascon? Uh, No, I'll answer this. I would obviously win because I would physically manhandle. The Coop would have no chance. I would throw him away like a used tissue. Roberto, if liquored up, I know Roberto's an angry guy when he gets (laughs) liquored up, but he's like the sweetest guy (laughs) in the world when he's not. So if Roberto's liquored up, he could probably kick my ass, but he's not most of the time, so I could take him down. (laughs) Eddie wouldn't be that interested in fighting, so I could take him. And Gascon, he's a fake tough guy, so I would beat all these guys. Yeah,
6: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> could, you, could, you ima- could you imagine Roberto? Roberto would be fighting himself if it was sober versus drunk. <laughs> that would be
1: great. Yeah, that, w- that would be pretty good. Uh, here's another version of that. Uh, Clay Travis, Dan Patrick, Colin Coward, Doug Gottlieb, R.J. Bell, Jonas Knox, Chris Broussard, Rob Parker, Jason Smith, and Mike Harmon, and you are in a battle royale-style fight, Ben. Who wins? This is from Ethan in Detroit. Wow. Who sent that one in? Well, let's go point by point here. Uh let's see if I I don't know much about RJ. I, I've talked to him, I've never met him in person. I was supposed to meet him, but Tom Looney blocked our lunch meet, meet and greet years ago. So I've never met RJ in person. I've met everyone else there. Uh Travis. Uh, I met Dan Patrick, but Dan's old at this point. I don't think Dan would, you know, cause much of a, a fight there. Jason, uh, he's a Nick. Harmon's a good guy, but he's not a fighter. Although he's a little bull if he wanted to fight. Yeah. And then, like, guys like Coward and Clay Travis, you know, they're TV guys and Gottlieb. I, you know, when you you do enough of that TV, you get a little soft there as far as your you fisticuffs. Yeah. So, and Broussard, I, a very nice guy, Broussard, he's not going to fight. He's not a fighter. No. So it would really come down to me, Jonas Knox, and Rob Parker. Yeah and that would be the top three out of that list in a battle royale and we'd have to fight to the death
6: well i yeah but jonas is younger more energetic um
1: yeah but he's he's into like manscaping a little bit and and all that so you know that takes away from your fighting skills when you're worried about your hair
6: yeah but he's got tremendous cardio he's in good shape he's also tactical um yeah, this would be Jonas in a landslide. Nah, He'd probably just sit in a corner, wait for you guys all to try to tire out, and then take you guys all out one by one.
1: See, what you don't understand is, while I might look often disheveled and unkept and when lethargic I'm at the at the radio station because I'm doing an overnight radio show, yeah, uh, I, I clean up pretty good when I want to, and I I can turn in <sighs> to
6: Rusev if I want. Oh boy, yeah, this is nauseating. Are we done yet?
1: Uh, no, we're, we're not done. Uh, let's see here. Some of these are like real hard-o sports questions. I don't know if I want to do any of those. Is
6: there anything from Doc Mike?
1: The Doc? No, Doc's in Ecuador. He oh, doesn't right. say anything. Uh, let's do a couple of study this questions. How about this? Uh, right. Here's a poll. Uh, what out of 10 parents, how many on average feel teenagers spend too much time on video games? Eight. Nine. All right. Nine in 10 parents. Almost <laughs> nine in 10 parents feel that their teens spend too much time on video games. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, of course. Yeah. I think they should be doing studying or something like that. All right. Uh, here we go. Americans are now averaging less than blank hours of sleep per night. What do you think,
6: Gaspar? Uh I'm going to say they're averaging less than five hours of sleep per night.
1: Not that low yet, but less than six hours that of heck. sleep per night. Is that real or bullshit? I think, I think that's real. I get less than six hours of sleep.
6: Yeah, I a, think so too. Night, so. People are consumed by work, entertainment, um, travel, multiple jobs. That comes into play as well. The stress. Yeah, I think uh, I think less than six is, is easily attainable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's a tired nation. Tired Nation. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Here's a study. This is interesting. You know, I I am on the dance floor. Oh, my God. Tell you something. My wife won't let me dance because all the women are trying to hang out with me. It's a true story. So so that's why I choose not to dance. But there's a study out that says your dancing style is as unique as your fingerprint. Oh. gas Gascar. That each individual has their own unique dancing moves. You buying that?
6: Uh, No, I'm not buying that because a lot of how people dance is either based on alcohol or what they see and what they mimic. Some of it choreographed because they can't dance on their own. They have no rhythm. So, no, I'm not buying that.
1: According to the research team, regardless of the type of music from jazz to reggae. Yeah. The study said the vast majority of people maintain a uniform uniqueness to their dancing style. It's this ever-present personality in each of our dance moves that makes it easy for computers to ID the dancer. Oh, so this is a research from the University of blah 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 in Finland. Hmm. It's say this say this uh, university's name. It's J Y V A S K Y L A. I'd rather not. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I said the University of blah, 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 whatever I said. So, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't and pay attention to dancing that much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Now, this is a story that warms my heart, and, uh, and we'll see how close you get to being right on this. Uh, we're doing a, a few study this questions on the fifth hour, but a new study found that blank percentage of Americans have never deleted anything from their devices,
6: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this number is high. I'm gonna say it's 84. percent
1: No, that's too high. Wow, oh. you went too high. Shot Bad the, job, by shot you. The But according to the survey, 52% oh, wow. of Americans have never deleted anything from uh, their their devices. Wow, well, no house cleaning, no spring cleaning, none of that stuff.
6: Yeah, that's the luxury you get if you go incognito mode, though. Oh, is that
1: right? You do the incognito. I, I don't delete anything on my devices, but I have been forced to recently delete emails because my my main Gmail account, which I use, I got up to like, I'm at over, I think I'm, I am was over 75,000 emails. I'm at 65,000 like unread emails because I get a lot of email from PR people I don't even open and and whatnot. So, but once it started filling up, I was running out of space. So I had to start deleting some email.
6: Wait, from PR people.
1: Well, yeah. When I ran a website, they they would always try to whore, whore out you know some product or some person for an interview when I ran the website. So, and I once you end up on those lists, you very rarely go off those. I'm still uh, getting emails from NASCAR because I had to do a NASCAR <laughs> rumor page when I worked for FoxSports.com, and I'm still getting email during NASCAR season uh, a couple of weeks updating me on what the drivers are doing this weekend and PR events and all that stuff. NASCAR rumor
6: board for you? Oh well, yeah,
1: Fox had NASCAR, and I was the rumor guy, and they had to come up with a NASCAR rumor.
6: Wow. Page. That's pretty impressive.
1: I pulled it off. I pulled it off for a couple of years, and don't ask me to do it right now. But it was a lot of rumors about like drivers changing sponsors or drivers changing teams and that kind of stuff.
6: Okay, I got you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't your tradi- – you know, it's obviously it's NASCAR, so they're NASCAR specific. Yeah, I got you. Um, but, yeah, I pulled that off for a while. Uh, let's see what else looks interesting here. Oh, this is kind of cool. This is the dream. This is like out of – you throw back to the like cartoon days or the movies. There's a uh, a group of scientists at the University of Michigan – who think they have invented a pill that gives you the same benefits as working out. How great is that? You don't have to work out. Great. You get, just take the pill.
6: Yeah. It uh,
1: says if it works, obviously this would be uh, 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 amazing, but can you continue to live the sedentary lifestyle and just take a pill and and, and that's it? But they've they, they discovered that the, the the protein that mimics the effects of working out, this is a University of Michigan study, and so you could avoid the gym. I'd save so much time. I spent a lot of time during the week at the gym. I wish I didn't have to spend it. There. Why would you want to do that? Because it's easier. I'd have more free time. I could do other things. I could maybe sleep more,
6: right? You have plenty of time throughout the day to sleep. There's something about going to the gym. It, it's like it's like going to school as opposed to learning and your education online. There's something different about your curriculum at school with yeah. a professor and yeah. other students and classmates. Same thing with the gym. Like the extra yeah, motivation. No, the gym's
1: terrible. People are animals. They shit all over the bathroom. They piss all over the bathroom. It's a fucking nightmare. And go it's to a, a better party. gym. I go in the morning. It's a lot of retirees and older people. And they walk around there. They apparently think towels are optional yeah. in the locker room. They are. And it's disgusting. And, and then, but then if you go to the gym, like in primetime, where the good-looking people, the young people are yes. at, then it's a bunch of meathead guys walking around, flexing, looking at the mirror. And I don't need to see that either.
6: <sighs> you need to go to a better gym.
1: Well, sign me up. I go to a very affordable gym that's open all night long because I go to the gym in the wee hours of the morning. A lot of these gyms are foo foo; they only open at a certain time, which is not friendly with my schedule.
6: Yeah, well, I go to a gym that's open twenty-four hours a day, so I don't have a problem with that.
1: Well, I do too, but it's the the one I go to. The neighborhood gym is not that; uh, it's not that great.
6: You're lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't take a damn pill. There's lazy. pills for everything Every these days. Five days a week, four or five days a week. I'm lazy. Yeah, yeah but you're not working out hard, hard, are you? And now you want to take a pill and take that all away from you? Yeah, like, of course. What do you, burn, baby, burn? Is this Team Bernie now?
1: Wow. <laughs> what? All right, uh, moving on, Mr. <laughs> Political over there. There's a, a new survey that has determined, out of out of an average of five adults, how many- how many feel too exhausted to go out, to go cook dinner, even have sex, any of that stuff?
6: Wait, out of how many people?
1: Like on average, out of like five, uh, uh, like out of five adults, how many have actually seen a doctor because they feel too exhausted to do pretty much anything?
6: Four out of five.
1: You think four out of five
6: adults have seen a doctor because they're too
1: tired to go out, cook dinner, or have sex? Yeah. No. One out uh, of five? It's one. Oh, geez. One out of five. But that's still a pretty high percentage.
6: Yeah, well, I think four out of five probably should.
1: Yeah, but a lot of people don't You know, try to avoid doctors. I try to avoid doctors. I think most people try to avoid doctors because they'll find something wrong with you.
6: We, we work with a lot of unhealthy people. Like, the industry itself demands that you don't take a lot of time off of work because if you do, then someone else is taking your spot, Right.
1: Yeah, you got to hold your place in line. And if you get out of line, somebody got to go to the back of
6: the line. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other thing, too, is obviously, you know, your show is four hours long and then and prepping. So your sleep patterns are different. The diet's different. The, the stress levels are different. I, that goes for a lot of people that work here, work at a lot of other places, too. Entertainment, law, medicine. Does that explain,
1: Gascon, why I have been to so many funerals of colleagues of mine in radio?
6: Is this what three weeks in a row we're going to do death talk podcast? Well, I mean, if you want, no. The Russian Orthodox, you had the I still Orthodox, need to go to a Muslim had be- <laughs>
1: funeral, a, a Mormon funeral, and what was the
6: last one? Russian right? Orthodox. What's that? The Russian Orthodox. I've been to the Russian Orthodox.
1: Yeah. I did that last time.
6: Yeah, and you need a uh, was it twenty one gun salute now? Well, yeah, I've
1: not done the military funeral. Yeah, I've not been at a military. Although my uncle was in the military and did have the American flag over his casket when he was uh, laid in in the ground
6: there. All right, no death talk, please.
1: And uh yeah, I've been to a few where they had Well, actually no, you know, technically I have been to a funeral where they did have the military presence and they did the uh, they did they did a bugle. They didn't do the guns, but they did the bugle salute. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of which I you, forgot about that. I've been to so many funerals. I've for, I've forgotten some of them. All right, here's one more study. A new study finds you're likely to be the most miserable at age blank.
6: Um <laughs> I, I think I, I saw this. I think Oh, age, did you see this age, one? I, I think so. Age fifty?
1: Close. Uh forty seven. Okay. According to a, a recent study. That is the worst age to be. This is from uh, Dartmouth College. Uh, Dartmouth College and a um, you know, midlife crisis and all that. Uh, but they determined that the peak of your life's misery arrives around at the age of 47. So why would that be? <coughs> well, is be- it because you realized you're closer to the end than you are to the beginning? Yeah, that's and, so. uh, and you've had people starting to die. Your Your relatives get older and have issues and all that that's why i would think that would be the bad age right
6: yeah and i think well see you're you're close to that number no i'm not um it's a lot i i think could could your wife and i make plans for your midlife crisis like i'd like to be around for that i think that would be important once you hit 47 and you start going delusional or you hit that low point like we need to be there for you
1: well, you're not there for me now. Why would you be there for me then? I'm, She's there I'm, for me.
6: You're not there for me. I'm here right you, now. You're,
1: you're causing me more heartburn and ache. The reason my gallbladder gave out was because of you.
6: That's a lie. That was from all your. That was from all your wrongdoings in your early twenties. <laughs> As you admitted, as much
1: you pushed me over the cliff. You were the one there standing. You, you're like, all right, here you go. You, you, you know, I was the guy on top of the bridge that didn't want to jump. You know, do the bungee jump. Yeah, and you're the guy that pushed me off the bridge.
6: Let's do that though. When you hit 47, bungee jump, or skydiving, or even parasailing. How about that? I'm good. I don't need to do. Man, don't any be of a that pussy, stuff. wallow. Have you done? Have you skydived? No, never. <laughs> Why not, pussy? Why not? Go do it. Come on. What's wrong with you? Uh, I'm not a big fan of heights. No, you're a pussy willow. Anyway, so, uh,
1: last last study of this, and we if we have time we'll get some of the other stuff. But the last study of this are you on a diet, Gascon?
6: Uh I don't want to say a strict diet, but I, I am I am observant of what I eat. Okay, so there's
1: a new study out that said the average adult in their lifetime will try blank number of different diets. Seven. You think the average adult will yeah. try seven diets yeah. in their life? Yeah. Boy, are you terrible at this. What? That's fucking horrific. Why? And I'm sorry to the people in the Bible, but that's terrible.
6: Why? You're gonna say uh, According
1: to a new study, the average adult will try an unbelievable 126 diets over the course of their life.
6: <laughs> I couldn't even name 126 diets. They estimate
1: that means at least two new diets each year. What? You will, well, there's fat. I'm on a... It's not really a diet; it's a lifestyle with intermittent fasting. Yeah,
6: that's not dieting though.
1: That, but it is dieting because I don't. I, I cut down on my calories because I don't eat. You know, several days a week, I, I will not eat. It's intermittent fasting. Okay,
6: so intermittent fasting, fasting, uh, a keto diet, a vegan diet, a vegetarian diet. Uh, what other diets are there?
1: Well, according to this, they say the uh, the intermittent fasting was the most popular, but. Uh, something called the cabbage soup diet. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> you mentioned the, the keto diet, a juice cleanse diet. Okay. But then you've got all like the the Weight Watchers and the other diets that are out there. You've got the gluten-free diet. Uh, you've got that. You've uh, got the vegans diets, uh, the different levels of vegan diets that you can get. Vegetarian diets, pescatarian. There's a lot of different things you can try. Jeez. Yeah.
6: That's amazing.
1: I've tried a lot, but I don't think I'll get to 120. So I, I feel like I've, I've reached my zen like with the intermittent fasting. That's it's good. really worked well for me. Yeah. Like before, when I lost the weight, I, I just ate like one meal a day, which is kind of intermittent fasting. Yeah. Um but I, I had you know I was there were reasons that I was able to lose the weight so uh, so quickly. Anyway, all right, do we have any gra- do we have any you know, we didn't grab by uh, don't stick to sports stories of the week. Do we yeah, have any of those?
6: Yeah, this kind of goes on the heels of study this, but how about this? Fewer than half of American adults know how many Jews were killed in the Holocaust. Are you surprised by this?
1: Uh well you got you talking about the entire world here, or what are we talking American about? American
6: adults. So, according to a survey published by the International Holocaust Remembrance Day on January 27th, 45% of people that were asked uh, knew that approximately 6 million Jews were killed during the Holocaust.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sucks. I, I, I'm not shocked by that because you know, there's a lot of younger people that don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. There's also yeah. some knuckleheads. that you know, There's still the people. that oh, didn't happen. The Holocaust didn't right. happen. You know, those people. You've been to Auschwitz, yeah. right? Did yeah. you go to Auschwitz? So,
6: so I went uh, three years ago. A buddy of mine got married. He's He went to medical school in Poland, and his his wife is is Polish, but he was living um, in Ireland so we did a bachelor party and a wedding on the same trip. It was a 14-day trip. And we started off in Berlin. But then we that was for the bachelor party. But then uh, a bunch of guys and girls then got together. And we took a trip down to Auschwitz and Birkenau. And Ben, I mean, you can read about this stuff until you're blue in the face and hear about it. But not until you get there do you understand the gravity of what these people and what countries had gone through because it was just jaw dropping. I'm talking about there were specific areas in the museums where hair, nail clippings, glasses, shoes was all preserved. And well, don't they have
1: like the skulls and stuff. Yes. The...
6: I mean, wow. they brought you into the into the shower room, which is just chilling because it looked like a regular old school locker room, just nothing but brick. And these small holes from the rooftop, and obviously that's where everything was sprayed down to to these people, the hospital, which was basically a rack room and torture center where they would torture these people, revive them, then torture them again. Um, and it was just amazing when you got there because there was just a beautiful, beautiful path of nature, just grass, trees, trees. And a railroad track. And it looked like you were going somewhere in a fairy tale. And then all of a sudden, you get to where you are, and you were segregated between men, women, and kids, and you were led to your demise. And so when you got there, I mean, people were talking on the buses. Once they got there, you did not hear a soul talk at all. You just just soaked it all in because... Yeah, yeah, it just—it is. I've
1: obviously never been there. I, at some point, maybe, uh, maybe we'll end up when I get older and I travel and my wife travels. Forty-seven.
6: When he hit forty-seven, when I travel to Europe. <laughs> but
1: I remember when I was a kid, you know, growing up as a Jewish kid, yeah. and they had the the bar mitzvah and that whole thing. And then uh, I recall when I was at—I was at somebody else's. Either was a bar mitzvah or a wedding. I have a very vague memory of where I was, but I know it was at a family function somewhere in L.A. And I was dragged over as a little kid to look at one of my relatives' uh, tattoo that from, from the, uh, the death camps there. They tattooed you when you went in there, and you put a, they put, like, a number on you. And I still remember you know, this old, you know, frail... This old dude, and he uh, pulled up his his uh, arm sleeve, and there, there it was, right there. There was the tattoo from the death camp Ugh. that uh, that he had as a kid. I still It's one of those memories, and a few things I remember when I was a kid, but that's one thing I remember uh, back in the day. Well, that's very uplifting, Gascon. What else do we have uh, in, uh, Don't Stick to Sports uh, Stories of the Week? So
6: we got the impeachment that's going on right now. Senators uh, got to have a couple rules that are implemented. Obviously, language, what they're uh, bringing in, what they're not. But there also there's rules right now prohibiting food and drink on the floor, so under the certain rules right now, Ben, they are only allowed water, and or milk, and also a little bit of candy. So this this actually goes back to 1966, which Senate rules do not prohibit a senator from sipping milk during a speech. So earlier this week, Adam Schiff was drinking water. He took a quick pause during his uh, 30,000 word. Um, opening monologue, uh, <laughs> to drink a little bit of, of water. Um, so, so these guys are, they're, they're stuck obviously. And I know, was it, uh, I think it was Tuesday. They had their opening, um, statements that went till about one or two o'clock in the morning. So. Yeah. Uh, well, the candy,
1: here's what you, you don't do the milk. Cause you know, you might have to go to the bathroom. The, the, I drink the water and do the candy. Yeah. Now I remember when I, I did television very briefly at the NBC sports network years ago, we were in, uh, in Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah. And and I'd fly back like a week, a month or whatever, uh, and I would be on the late shift, you know, and it would end. We'd have to wait for the West Coast games to end. So we would get off the television, and when we were done with the show, we had to, to touch up what we had done earlier. And so we got out of there like at 2 in the morning, and for those people who are day people, it was very odd to have to stay up late. And so, but they had like these little bowls of candy all over the green room and the production rooms and all that. And I remember asking one of the senior producers at NBC, I said, why the, why the fuck? Every, I'm, this is like my dream. You know, I'd lost a lot of weight before I did that. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering fat guy. It's not good for me to be around piles of candy everywhere <laughs> I turn. And, and he told me, he said, well, we do that because we're on late and to, you know, the sugar keeps people awake. Yeah. So that's why we have these little mini candy bars all over the place because it's good for, you know it's good for you to kind of give you some extra energy there.
6: That's like perfect that's perfect like a Vegas casino, right? Or you have no clocks, the the uh, ceilings are, are bright or, or vibrant comfortable colors, plenty of lighting, the oxygen, and of course uh, little snacks and alcohol that are, are distributed once the uh, players are, are playing on the tables. Yeah, they do it right.
1: They they absolutely do it right. All right. And what else do we got? That here? is Anybody it. Else? We're
6: getting kicked out of here, or at least I'm right, getting so kicked that's out it? of here. Yeah. I got a couple of stories. They're not great stories. It's death talk, impeachment talk, and uh, What
1: about that furry story? You didn't mention that one. What
6: about uh well there's another one. Did you hear about this? A man was killed by a blade-wielding rooster during an illegal cockfight.
1: So he was killed by a cock. Is that what you're saying?
6: Yes. Uh this was a couple weeks ago. It was an illegal cockfight. Have you ever been to a like a dog fight or or cockfight or no. um uh, anything down south in Mexico? I have not. I, I understand. I had
1: a friend that was at a hotel in Mexico and said that they had in the, you know, the pamphlet at the hotel and yes. things to do. Yeah. <laughs> they had like cockfighting on the uh, little pamphlet. This is years ago. I don't know if they still do. Probably so, do. But. So,
6: yeah. So this took place, Ben, in India. And what happened was uh, the the birds, they have razor blades that are tied to their limbs And they're placed in the the ring where they obviously fight until, you know, one's left standing. And um, when things got underway, uh, one of the roosters escaped, kicked out, and actually wounded this older man, like 55 years of age, and and wounded him in the stomach and and eventually killed him. So it's pretty dark. I knew we weren't going to do death talk, and now here we are. Great. You're a very
1: ghoulish person is what you are, Gascon.
6: These stories just write themselves. Yeah. I remember uh remember the kids eating Tide Pods?
1: Well, who could forget? One of my favorite stories, uh who loves teenage alien anything.
6: Yeah, well I guess there's a trend now on a new uh app called TikTok, which men are apparently dipping their their cranks into a cup of soy sauce because apparently um men's genitalia have uh, taste buds. <laughs> So that is a that is a trending topic on an app called TikTok, and I know you'd enjoy that.
1: Well, I I think you should probably save that for your grinder podcast. (laughs) Study this, boing. Yeah, wow.
6: (laughs) Can we put a bow on this thing? We got five stars since september so yeah we need to keep that
1: up tell a friend seriously that'll help us out a lot i mean maybe we'll actually get paid for this if they uh, <laughs> we get the numbers up even higher and all it takes if you get one person that wasn't listening to download the podcast and all you have to do is listen for a minute one minute that's it we get credit for one minute of your time so tell the people if they don't even like the show just to listen for a minute and move on to the next podcast. We get credit for it. That's all it takes. But listen, have a great weekend, a football-free weekend. I don't count the Pro Bowl. And next week, our Super Bowl, Benny versus the Penny. We'll have that and whatever else pops up. So have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next time.